Hello, and welcome to Wide Open Spaces with Elise, a podcast. This is episode number 135, Your Brain on Giving. You can check me out at wideopenspaceswithelise.com. Elise is spelled I-L-I-S-E. You can also listen to this podcast anywhere you love listening to your favorite podcast. Now let's pop in our earbuds and let's take a ride together. It's a gloomy, dark day outside. The rain is slowly falling from the sky and hitting the ground. The room has a dark glow and to your side a glow is a candle, sweet pumpkin cinnamon, filling the air with warm notes, comforting notes, creating an environment with nature and yourself. Did you get the good feels from that? Well, that's kind of like my environment right now where I'm recording this podcast. It's just one of those days in South Florida that we kind of all love because it's so cold everywhere else and it tends to be that gloomy sky in the winter, other places in the U.S. and abroad. And so when we get these cloudy days during the winter, even though it's just a little cool out, it feels like winter here. So I'm embracing it, creating an entire environment within my office to embellish this winter feel in South Florida. Well, your brain on giving. Have I got you thinking a little bit? Well, I hope so. I was watching this weekend briefly, not the whole thing, I'll be honest, CNN Heroes. CNN Heroes is where for a year people submit others that they feel are heroes and the audience votes. CNN comes down with 10 CNN heroes and then one becomes CNN Hero of the Year. Well, this year it was when I kind of tuned in at the very end, but I had seen the video about him previously. Dr. Quan Stewart, who's a veterinarian in San Diego, California, When he won, he stood up and he graciously took his award from Anderson Cooper. And the winner receives $100,000 towards their charity. Well, his charity is in San Diego, California and surrounding areas. He, on his off time, visits with the homeless. Now, if you're aware and if you're not, California has a huge homeless, huge. I was there in LA a couple years ago and it really kind of shocked me because I've seen homeless populations in Salt Lake City and abroad and this was to the extreme. And so Dr. Kwan Stewart meets with the homeless who have pets. And as a veterinarian, he gives services to the pets. Free medicine, takes care of them, cuts their nails, And so Dr. Stewart won the CNN Hero of the Year for his services that he gives to the homeless, treating them that even though they may not have a roof over their head, money to buy food for themselves. They talk about how if they get food, they feed their pets first. And Dr. Stewart treats the owners of the pets like humans. 
not as something beneath because they don't have a roof over their head. And their pets the same because Dr. Kwan Stewart realizes that a pet is a family member to most people who have them. It's just a beautiful thing. And so as he stood there on the stage at the event, accepting his award, he said that there were 10 of us that were nominated and he received $100,000 and that just splits nicely amongst 10 people. So instead of him taking 100000 for his charity, he gave each other person and himself just $10,000 for each of them. So they were all winners. And why am I telling you the story? Well, Dr. Quan Stewart, this is what he said. An act of kindness can change someone's day or life. And I stopped really quick when he said that. And I paused the TV and I rewound it so I could write down what he said. An act of kindness can change someone's day or life. And that got me to the title of this podcast, Your Brain on Giving. What does giving do for Dr. Stewart? Educated man, he's a doctor. Services that took years and years of study to be able to implement on his animal patients and to give a little psychological care to their owners. And so giving of his expertise, free, treating people as if they are equal, whether they have possessions or not, whether they have a home or not, treating them like they're human beings, that their lives are worth something invaluable. And for Dr. Stewart, this is what he means when he says an act of kindness can change someone's day or life. So not only did he do that, but he did that for all the other nine people who were nominated so that they could give back to their charities even more. And just the act of that for him. So what was his brain like on giving? What is your brain like on giving? Well, science has proven that serotonin, oxytocin, dopamine, endorphins, When we do something good, when we give of ourselves, the brain releases these chemicals and hormones. I like to call them the happy hormones. They give you a natural state of a high. If you've ever drank a little too much and you get that little tipsy feeling, if you smoked marijuana, excuse me, marijuana, and you get that little bit of a high, That's what these chemicals and hormones give you. It's a natural high in the body, a natural healthy high in the body so that you don't have to continuously use things to lift your mood. You see, the power really is within inside of you to give yourself a natural high with those happy hormones. So you might be sitting here now in the month of December, no matter where you are in the world, and you're experiencing possibly some seasonal depression, anxiety, seasonal stress. It's a different type time of year for all of us, that holiday season. And I've dedicated my month of December to strategies and coping mechanisms during the holiday season. And your brain on giving is one of these coping mechanisms that I want to talk about today. 
And so seasonal depression, seasonal stress, seasonal anxiety, or maybe it's just a chronic diagnosis for you. How do you cope? How do you deal? Well, for some, creating those natural happy hormones may not just be enough. It may require seeing a professional. It may require taking some medicine. A common theme you'll hear, and I mentioned it in last week's podcast as well, episode 134, when on medication for mental health, anxiety, stress, medication does 50% of what you need it to do. It gives you that edge. Now, you can stop there and never quite reach your potential, or you can put 50% of the work in to make that 100% investment into yourself. And there will always be ups and downs with those investments. And sometimes you've got to do a little more to release your natural happy hormones. And sometimes meds need to be adjusted or you need a few more therapy sessions. But imagine doing what you need to put 100% of an investment into yourself, into self-care. So let's talk about how do we get our serotonin and our dopamine and our oxytocin and our endorphins flowing to levels that will give us that natural high. Now, I know you might struggle as I go through this because some of us find ourselves more unhappy than happy. And so even the notion of trying to put some effort and work in to elevate your mood and spirits seems like a lot. And what I want you to do now is to take a deep breath in and and let go of those barriers and let go of those walls that are always blocking you for a moment and open your mind to some of the things I'm about to talk about. Reframe this moment that we're in as you're listening to me. Try to take a new step forward by opening yourself up. By giving of yourself, you create feelings of happiness with inside of you, a sense of goodness. Yesterday, I was sitting in a local coffee shop doing my blog that goes hand in hand with this podcast. If you're unable to listen to this podcast, you can go to my website at wideopenspaceswithelise.com and you can read my blog. Now, it won't have 100% of what the podcast has in it, but it will give you that gist and so that you're not missing out if you're really busy and just don't have time to pop your earbuds in. So I was sitting in this coffee shop because I wanted a different environment than my office to write my blog. I find that at home I get constant disturbances and my blog just seems to take me too long to write. So I go to this coffee shop and I go with my daughter who's working on college stuff and we get our lunch. It's such a cute little coffee shop and it's all decorated for the holidays. And the environment's great and you get coffee and you sit there and I felt so good after my lunch and having conversation with my daughter. And so we both begin to open our computers and work. And there's this woman who's not far from us and she's sitting in a cozy chair and she's obviously whatever she's had to drink or eaten has been long gone and she's working on her computer and then she goes on her phone. 
Well, number one, I think in my head, gosh, has she missed the opportunity of what this cozy coffee shop is all about, this positive, healthy, uplifting environment. She's sitting there with her earbuds in on a phone conversation, and it is a completely negative phone conversation, bitching about her job and things that are going on, and just nothing seems to make her happy, and I'm not eavesdropping. I'm trying to focus on my blog, but... She's so loud that it's really hard to focus and I keep hearing her and lo and behold, this experience gets integrated into my blog and now my podcast because it made me think. It made me think how people forget how to tap in and take in the moment. The moment of here she is uh, in this place. And you hear quiet laughter and people are whispering, but yet she's loud. She's agitated. She will have this conversation anywhere she wants, but instead she chooses to do it in a place that could be nurturing, taking care of herself, giving her brain and her heart and her body a rest, taking in the environment and letting the endorphins flow. And she chooses not to. And in that process, she's disrupting everyone else. And so she's not feeling any endorphins. She's not getting any serotonin and dopamine and oxytocin being delivered to her brain and then hence into her body. She's angry. She's stressed. She's tight. She's loud. And it just emphasized to me how important it is to take in your environment and where you are and what you're doing and experience it. When you're in a positive place, that conversation didn't have to happen then. She chose it to. She chose to stay in that moment and not allow her environment to lift her spirits. And so I had to struggle to defocus from her. And on a side note, All of a sudden, I hear her very loud saying hi to somebody and the person's voice and I'm focused on my computer sounds familiar to me. And I look and it happens to be one of our local news journalists, broadcasters sitting next to me and I quietly go back to my computer and I notice now this woman is talking very softly. It took this local celebrity walking into this great little coffee shop for her to be aware of what she was doing and how loud she was and how angry she sounded. And it was interesting how that moment changed her trajectory. So how can you change the route you're going in? How can you see what it's like with your brain on giving? Let's start with gift giving. We love to give gifts. Why? Because we're taking the time, we're taking the person we're buying the gift for into consideration, their likes, their dislikes. Sometimes it can be a little stressful finding something in your budget for that particular person. But there's nothing like the feel of watching that person open that gift and the joy and the delight and the hugs and the excitement that they get from the gift that you've just given them. Well, that moment creates those chemicals and hormones to flow. 
But is it only at this time of year or when it's somebody's birthday or anniversary that we should get that feeling that we get from giving, the giving of ourselves, the time we take to give to that person? Of course not. Because if you only get those type of high from giving a few times a year, what a waste. What a waste of tapping into a way of you manipulating your environment and the way you feel inside, taking that power and harnessing it for yourself. So we need to find ways for our brain to be on giving more than just when we give gifts to people. Another easy way of giving is something that's really kind of, I would say in the past year, maybe year and a half, that's become very popular. You're checking out at Petco or, let me think, um, some restaurants that you buy something and they say, would you like to round up to the nearest dollar? And sometimes they'll have their specific charity that they donate to or you can pick. And that's a great way. I mean, it, it may only be 20 cents to round, round, you know, go to the nearest dollar, but 20 cents and 20 cents and 20 cents builds up and creates a lot of money that these organizations can give to charities to help others in areas of need. But did that really take a lot of work on your part? And yeah, for a quick second, you felt good. You rounded up to the nearest dollar and your money is going to charity. Bump, that's it. You need to do a little bit more to get that feeling of what happens to your brain when giving. We don't want that little blip. We want something that maintains itself, that becomes a regular thing in our lives. And I know you're going to roll your eyes right now, but it comes down to volunteering of yourself. Yourself, your time, your knowledge, your wisdom, your experience, things you've gone through emotionally in life, the tragedies, the ups, the downs. There are so many ways of you that you can give of yourself to make an impact on others. And by doing that, well, you get the happy high. You get that feeling of being balanced and good and productive. Now, it took me a while. Some of these are basic ways that you may be aware of of volunteering, but it took me some time and I, I really thought about some of these ideas that would get those positive hormones and chemicals flowing in your brain that you could do consistently. So I'm going to read off the list. And of course, there are many other things. And if if you, I didn't mention something, please comment and let me know. I would love new innovative ways to volunteer my time as well as pass it on to my clients. So the first one is volunteer at your local pet rescue or humane society. This time of year, especially, they need a lot of help. A lot of people are trying to adopt and a lot of pets that don't get adopted need a foster so they don't aren't alone during the holidays but they need just a pet who needs a hug or a walk or maybe to take it on a car ride to Starbucks to get a pup cup. Whatever it is, giving of yourself to a homeless pet, giving them love and cuddles, just think about that for a moment. We know that homeless 
pets are on a, a rampant across this country and I'm sure across the Atlantic and the Pacific and everywhere in the world. And so why not spend a little time at a pet rescue or a humane society? You know what the added benefit of? Now you've got those hormones going and you've got those chemical flowing, but what does that pet do to you? Puts a smile on your face, gives you a sense of calm, lowers your, bl your blood pressure. Lots of things can happen with pet therapy. So here you are giving to this pet who doesn't have an owner yet, and that pet's giving back to you. It's kind of a beautiful picture if you really place it in your head. And lots of people have really not thought about that, about volunteering their time at pet rescues. It's a great way to volunteer yourself and to give of yourself and to learn. Collect food and clothing for others in need. And I know that's a common one, but go through your pantry. You know, sometimes when we go to the store, we buy things that look good, but then we just don't ever cook with. Make a box of those things. Make sure they haven't expired because that can happen and we don't want to give something that needs to be thrown away. But take the time to go through your pantry of non-perishables and put a box together. That process of you looking for someone else, of things that you have to give of yourself, creates that chemical reaction. And if you don't and you're minimal on what you have, then go to a store. You can find things in the dollar store if you're on a budget but still want to give it yourself. You can give food, you can give toiletries for self-care, clothes, whatever it may be. Go through your closet and purge. I just did that a little bit today. I've got a lot more to do. I don't know how it happens. I'm just a shopaholic, I guess. But in the meantime, purge. I have a whole pile that I can now give to people that are just, it's just sitting there. I'm never going to wear it or I think I might wear it. And then year after year, it's still sitting there. Let somebody else wear it that maybe can't afford things. Let the, the idea of me giving of myself elevate my mood. Get those chemicals flowing. Join a support group where you can help others and they can help you. Kind of like that pet rescue, right? You go to a support group. And there's people there that can help you. But by what you're going through or what you're experiencing, you're helping others as well. It's a process that goes hand in hand, and I don't think people realize it that, that much. There are so many different types of support groups. You may automatically think, okay, grief and depression. There's so many other types of support groups or groups where you have something in common. Maybe it's a sport, a bike riders, whatever it is. You can learn from each other. You can give your knowledge, knowledge of your experience, give to others, and yet you can learn at the same time. So you're getting this hand-in-hand -hand experience, yet giving of yourself and getting those chemicals flowing. Mentor a teenager, share your knowledge or life and work with a teenager. A teenager who maybe is struggling, who comes from a broken home, who's a foster child, where your experience in life can really help them and give them ideas and motivate them and help them cope. And while you're doing this, you're getting those chemicals flowing. But you want to know what the beauty is? Hopefully, 
You continue this relationship with this person and then you see the fruits of your labor. You see how they grow and you see how they evolve into adulthood and carry some of the skills and techniques and ideas and ways of living with them that you've taught them. Spend some time with a foster child. There are thousands and thousands of foster children out there. Spend your time with them. Let them know that somebody cares. Just by you spending time and maybe taking them to their favorite toy store and letting them pick something out that they like and then maybe having a little meal at McDonald's or something and having a nice talk is all they need to know somebody cares. And by you letting know someone that feels so lonely, has no parents or their parents aren't able to take care of them, that somebody cares, there's a lot of magic in that thought process. Join big brothers and big sisters. Become a mentor for a child where you stay within their lives and you mentor them. Collect gifts for the homeless children. Now, I know this is something that's common and it happens every year. Why does it only have to happen during Christmas time? That's the only time we see these box toys for tots all over the place. I was in Arizona and even the hotel that I stayed in, the Wild Resort and Spa in Sedona, Arizona, loved it at every elevator, stairway, was toys for tots. It's fantastic. But why not have toys for tots all year long? Why is it only just during the holidays? Well, maybe I just gave somebody an idea of how they can give it themselves and create maybe some organization that collects all year long. Share your professional, your professional expertise with young people who are trying to figure out their life's work. You know, there's a lot of, you know, I've gone through my, my youngest is in her first year of college, but that whole, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to do when you grow up? Okay, you're in college and you're not sure what your major is. You know, it's a hard thing to know what you want to do for the rest of your life. I mean, the average person changes their job at least three times in a lifetime, but it's a it's a pressure. And by you sharing your your work expertise and, and how you got to the place that you're at might be able to help them decide and figure out what their life's work might be or where they're going to start with their life's work. I just believe that when you start that college experience, it's just the beginning and things change. I mean, look at me. I worked in psychiatric hospitals for years with all different types of mental health issues. Now I'm a podcaster, blogger, and soon to be author, published author. So life changes. And if you would have asked me when I was a teenager, I would have never said I'd be sitting here right now. So life changes, but by you giving some of your knowledge and expertise, it really, really can help. Hey, if you're a college student or a young adult, you tutor, you have knowledge. And tutoring is a lucrative business. Maybe you might want to decide that you're going to pick one student who's in need and tutor them for free. Think about what you're doing for that student, tutoring them for free. I mean, 
it's always been known that the people who have the money are the kids who have the advantages because they can afford tutors and college prep for the tests, etc. But what about the ones who don't have the money to do that? So to maybe pick one of the people you tutor or find someone that you'd like to tutor for free, giving of what you've learned and helping them put a foot forward towards their future. How about when you go through your closet? I talked about purging, right? Separate some of the things that might be professional clothing. There are a lot of organizations, and even on a lot of college campuses, I know that at the University of Florida they have this, where they collect, they also have a food bank, which a lot of colleges do, and they may have this at other colleges too. I'm just familiar with my alma mater, but they collect professional clothing so that students who are financially in need when it's time for them to go on job interviews, they can get this clothing free. So maybe when you're purging, separate some of that professional quote unquote clothing style and share it. Look up organizations that you can donate for people who need these outfits to go on job interviews to acquire a job. How about, and this is another common one, but you know, with global warming and the climate changing, volunteering to clean up the beach, well, not only are you keeping the beaches clean, getting rid of the waste that does not decompensate, but you're saving the sea life as well. So find out if you live near the beach where your local beach cleanup is. Usually they're very early in the a.m. before it gets hot, but you get to be on the beach, put your feet and your sand and your toes in the sand and you get to help the environment. A big thing during this time and again another thing that you could do all year long because there are food banks all year long but during the holidays they're emphasized and a lot of people to make themselves feel good go on Thanksgiving or on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day and donate their time and don't get me wrong it's fantastic and I give applause to you. We need to do this all year long. Make it a once a month custom that you go to the local food bank and you help give food to those who need food. But just don't plop food on their plate and say enjoy. Maybe have some conversation with them. Go sit down when you're done serving the food and get to know the people. You'd be amazed on what you can learn from someone who's now currently homeless the life they might have had, and how did they ever wind up in the place that they are. We need to humble ourselves, especially if we're fortunate. We don't know anything can happen to any of us in life, and we can fall to hard times financially and physically. So if you do go and spend some time at a food bank, stop, talk to them, get to know them, make them feel human. Make them feel that they're worthy enough of your time devoted to them to learn about them and their experiences and, and, and things that they've gone through in their lives. Now, the last one, and like I said, there's many more, and please share if you have. I did this for many years. Part of my internship, part of the volunteer hours that I had to do to get my degree was to volunteer in senior living facilities. And there's many senior living facilities everywhere. They're all over, 
Why? Because people get older and people need places where they can have some supervision or help. Go spend some time there. Go paint someone's nails. Go take care of someone's nails. Maybe watch a TV show with them. Maybe sit and have a cup of coffee with them or take them outside. A lot of these people, even if they have family, the family doesn't come as often as they would if they didn't live in a senior living facility. The hours are limited for visitation. Play a board game. Run a game of bingo with them. There is so much to learn from our senior community. You know, I was young, obviously, when I would volunteer my time, and then in turn I did work with geriatric patients, mostly in the psychiatric facilities and some day programs with memory issues, etc. There's so much that you can learn from them. Um, I remember a song that this one lady sang to me in this, this memory day program that every time I hear of it, and we're talking, I was in my 20s, it was a long time ago, I think of her. I think of that person and how joyous and jovial she was. Even though she had memory issues, she remembers, which is typical with Alzheimer's patients, remembered the song word for word. And I think of her and the impact she had on me. And it always brings a smile to my face. And you know what happens? Those chemicals start to release and that happy high happens. So imagine if you were to give of yourself once a month or once, whatever, once a week, going to a senior living facility. If you're a musician, go play your guitar or your piano. These people have had a lifetime of experiences. And just because they've reached their golden age, does that mean it should all stop and end because they're living in a senior living facility? Give of yourself. Give of your youth, your energy, and your time. You just might learn from something from them in return. Now, I could keep going on, but what fun would that be? I need you to put a little bit of the work in. I mean, I gave you a lot of ideas, but I know you're creative and intuitive, and I bet you can find some other ways that you can give of yourself. What is your brain like on giving? Think about it. Think about how you can manipulate your mood and your feelings, the way you feel inside by giving of yourself something free, something that you can do. It just takes some time and thought and giving of yourself. You see your brain on giving? Well, that becomes a healthy brain. That becomes a brain that has an uplifted feeling of high and accomplishment. That it's not just all about you and your self-care, but it's about other people too and you giving of yourself. And in turn, hand in hand, of giving of yourself, you're giving yourself self-care. I love that thought. I love that thought that that's all it takes is some thought, some planning, some time to release the happy hormones. Not just during the holiday time. And if you haven't done anything like this, well... It is holiday time and it's a great time to start, but keep the momentum going. Maybe it's an organization. I belong to an organization which you hear me talk about, Not My Daughter, Find a Cure Now, which is for breast cancer. And it's something that I do throughout the year. We have different events and things 
where I give of myself and my time for a cure, for ancillary services for people who have breast cancer. And so there are many ways that you can give of yourself. And the high that we all get who's on the committee, the day of the event and when the events finish and we feel so accomplished, knowing that we've impacted others, knowing that we've raised money for people in need, for a mom who's going through breast cancer treatment but has nobody to watch their children, where our money that we've raised can help to get them daycare or someone to watch over them while she goes through her treatment. There are many ways to give of yourself. You just have to do it. No ifs, ands, or buts. You want serotonin, you want dopamine, you want oxytocin, you want those endorphins flowing. Well, it's time to get to work of giving of yourself. Thank you so much for joining me at Wide Open Spaces with Elise. Remember, positive thoughts always create positive energy. Go out and explore all those wide open spaces in your world. Go out and volunteer some of your time. And until next time, my friends, ciao. My candle smells real good right now. Until next week.